Welcome to the Impact of Educational Leadership Podcast with ID3 for Isaiah Drone III. I'm your host, ID3 for Isaiah Drone III. Tonight's panelist is the Honorable Trustee Joyce Foreman. Trustee Foreman, please say hello to the people. Uh, good evening, and it's really exciting for me to be here with you tonight, and I hope that I'll be able to share some important information. Absolutely, absolutely. We all know that you will be. Tonight's topic is a very sensitive, a time-sensitive subject, and that is the upcoming school bond and racial equity policy. Family resource programs would racial equity policy is enforced but are they enforcing the necessary factors for all developmental student environments studies show that students can grow and develop more successfully in effective settings which empowers them to perform better all while establishing a growth mindset they also work with the belief that a student's success is affected by their support network or their support system. The Dallas Independent School District denoted that they would be concentrating on cultivating student facilities in low SES communities with this new 2020 fund addressing racial equity by creating family resource centers and for historically red line neighborhoods to house social services operated via public and private partnerships. Preparation for the proposed facility improvement plan has been in the works for more than a year. Working subcommittees of more than 100 civic leaders, community members, and district staff began in September 2019 by reviewing conditions of existing facilities and examining demographic data and researching facility improvements at other school districts. They have been drawing up plans. Racial equity, what is it about? It's about applying justice and a little bit of common sense to a system that's been out of balance it's been out of balance for quite some time and when a system is out of balance people especially people of color feel the impacts most acutely but to be clear an imbalanced system makes all of us pay tonight we will have a discussion from our Honorable Trustee Joyce Foreman. But before that, I would like to ask Trustee Foreman, please tell us a little bit about, you know, what you're doing and some of the things that you are projecting to do in the near future. Well, uh, as uh, most people who know me know that my uh, attention, my full attention is on Dallas ISD. Uh, and looking at the situation with COVID-19 
trying to ensure that uh, our students and our faculty uh, are protected uh, while they're in the buildings. Uh, making sure that parents have the options uh, to be able to do in-person or virtual. About 50% of our parents are saying that they want their students in school. And I think that we should be, um, as a district, we should be listening to the parents and making sure that that option is available. But at the same time, uh, making sure that we're putting every precaution in place uh, for safety for the students and the faculty. Uh, I'm also um, looking at um, this, our new career development center the Charmaine and Robert Price Career Development Center that's in the Old Village Fair and trying to make sure that there is a clear understanding that all of our students will not go to college. And if all of our students are not going to college, what are we doing as a district to prepare them? I think this is a great opportunity to prepare young people in the construction field, uh, plumbing, heating, air conditioning, um, uh, aeronautics. I mean, there's just going to be a number of things that we can uh, begin to uh, make sure that our students um, that are not going to go to college, and even if they're going to go to college after they get a trade, um, will have a first quality uh, and come out um, certified and ready to go to work. Um, that is a real big focus of mine for this year. Absolutely. Thank you for that response, Trustee Foreman. You know, we all know that you are, you have much experience. Your experience is in depth. And that means you are experienced in a variety of educational related affiliations uh, with different uh, boards. You've notably been uh, board members with, of course, Dallas ISD Bond Advisory Committee since 2002. And you were passionate about that. As a matter of fact, you are passionate about everything that you're a part of. And that is why the community is so proud of you, because you stand your ground. Um, and you have uh, instructed the brightest leaders, future leaders. And, you know, what's your leadership positions in the district as members of the Superintendent's Advisory Committee and the Commission of Educational Excellence? We have all just stood and watched you uh, navigate and show others how to navigate through a, a system that has not particularly been uh, kind uh, to people of color, but yet you have progressed, you have moved on throughout uh, the decades, actually, in civic involvement uh, within Dallas and, uh, and with the Greater Dallas Chamber Executive Committee as the vice chair of Dallas Area Rapid Transit Board. These are no lightweight positions. Even the Chase Bank of Texas Board and the El Central College Office Career Advisory Committee. You have uh, not only worked shoulder to shoulder uh, with the with these high level individuals, but you have you have had your own voice and a powerful voice. And with that being said, how will the 2020 elections rather affect uh, this upcoming school bond and the racial equity policy? That's my question. I have to be quite 
honest with you regarding the 2020 school bond. It's not something that I'm supporting at this time. Uh, I do believe that we need a bond, uh, but I'm really concerned where the focus and the emphasis are on this bond. Uh, if you talk about spending $100 million for a school downtown, uh, I have a real problem with that. Um, most people who know me and those who don't know me uh, know that I am a firm believer in neighborhood schools and enhancing our neighborhood schools. Uh, this 2020 bond focuses more on other things outside of our neighborhood schools. And we need to make sure that we get it right. Do we need a bond? Yes, we do. Uh, I probably have more experience than anybody sitting around the board table with bonds other than Superintendent Inahosa. Um, because I was on the 2002 and the 2008 bond committee. And both of those bonds worked like um, clockwork. Um, we took a bond proposition to the public and we pretty much stayed close to uh, the proposition that we took in terms of the work that was done. Uh, the 2015 bond uh, has been totally different. Um, most people who have watched and know what's going on is know that we have, some, have had some real problems with the 2015 bond. In fact, the two highest level um, uh, personnel are no longer with the district. Uh, in regards to the 2015 bond. And remember, we had to um, cancel a contract with the contractor for the Thomas Jefferson uh, project uh, and had to go and get another contractor. So we've had some real, real issues with our bond, and we need to make sure um, that we are doing right by children uh, when we do this, and especially our neighborhood kids who can't go from school to school or can't be a part of maybe a magnet school. Uh, that's extremely uh, important. Uh, and you asked in regards to the racial equity piece, I'm now beginning to believe that racial equity is just a word that's being tossed around or a phrase that's being tossed around just like economic development. Uh, we all say it, but we really haven't defined it. And if you got 10 people in a room, uh, all 10 of them might have a different idea of what they believe racial equity is. But let me try to explain what is going on and what's in the bond proposal. Uh, and that is to put 10,000, I mean, excuse me, $10 million into the four schools that they have named. But remember, bond money is only, only for capital improvement, technology, and maybe furniture. So bond money doesn't run a program. And what happens with the district after they build out and have to put funds into the program? That means you would have to take funds from something else. And I don't think all of that has been discussed with the public in that manner. It's basically just been said that we're doing equity and these are the four projects that we will do, but the public doesn't understand that that's 
only for bricks and mortar. That's not for a program. And I think that needs to be clear. Well, we see where you stand, Trustee Foreman. You know, PPEs, one-to-one one -one devices, and hotspots are not cheap. And we, Dallas ISD meaning, has spent millions and millions of dollars on those items. Uh, but these PPEs, they're not enough. Children need more than PPEs to get an education. Though they keep them safe, we need balance. We need racial equity. We need, we need to be clear with our motives. We need to be clear with the objectives that we are setting for the community and for the parents and the children, for the teachers, for the school leaders. Trustee Foreman, please tell us, what can you tell us about the opportunities that's out there that would help balance educational equity for all students in Dallas ISD? Well, we really have to start with uh, speaking directly to the problem. And uh, a lot of times we tiptoe around the problem. Um, we know that African-American children, the data shows it, African-American children are the ones that are not getting the resources that they need. We know that, but we don't really talk about that. Uh, we want to use equity in the term of using it, what about all children? Well, what about the children that need the equity the most? Who, who are the children that scored lower in all tests at every grade level in every subject? It's African-American children. Who are the children that are, are actually targeted in the special ed and get labeled more in special ed? It's African-American children. Who are the kids that get expelled the most from school? African-American children, but specifically African-American boys. Who are the kids that get disciplined the most? African-American children, specifically African-American boys. And so when we talk about the whole equity issue, we can't tiptoe around what's right in front of our face. I had a conversation at the last board meeting and said, Superintendent Nina Hosa, we know what the problems are. We have the data, but we don't want to address the real problems. We just want to talk about equity, and we want to talk about training, implicit bias, training people not to be biased. But let's talk about what the data shows us, and then how do we move? How do we take an opportunity to move kids? I am a person who believes in public education for all children and the same quality of education for all children. But I'm also a person who's a realist. And if we don't start with the least, we're not going to ever fix the problem. We must concentrate on the children who need it the most. And in this case, it's African-American children. Uh, I had a conversation with former board member Sandy Kress regarding um, what happened when we got from under the court order. When we were under the court order, the desegregation court order, 
black children were thriving. And that was because there was a effort to make sure that they got what they needed. And I'm sure you've heard about learning centers and vanguards and magnets. Those all came out of the court order. And they called, they all came out to balance from an equity standpoint. But as we got from under the court order in 2003, and we were declared unitary, and I say we because that was Dallas ISD, was declared unitary status and everybody was at the same level, we fell backwards. And we continue to go backwards. And let me tell you, this COVID-19 is going to affect all of our kids. It's going to affect all of our kids. Kids are behind. And we've got to figure out a better way uh, to fix it. And I'm, you know, continuing to focus on the administration and trying to make sure that they understand that what they are doing is not working at this time. And we've got to figure out a better way. Trustee Foreman, that was a wealth of information, a wealth of knowledge in what you just said. What I heard from it, what I pointed out was commitment to learning. And of course, we know our leadership is committed to, to learning. We, we know that. This is like the second largest district in the state of Texas. But we also need to be, what I heard from what you were saying, we need to, be, we need to show more positive values and, and stronger guiding principles across the board. And this is how we can be more socially competent. Because what I'm hearing you saying is, are, are we really being competent about providing those opportunities for all children of all colors, especially our African-American children, right? And so that will give our boys, because they're our boys, they'll give our kids, because they're our kids, positive identity. So that when they see a, a kid, a child from Dallas ISD, they will see them as a positive image and not a negative one. They will see that because they will have not just discipline instilled in them, but they will have support. They will have emotional support. They will have care. They will have acceptance. They will have this system surrounding them as they grow up through the grades, as they develop through the grades, from pre-K all the way up to the 12th grade. And that is empowerment that you said. What you're speaking about right now is what I like to call empowerment, because you know what? Empowerment doesn't have boundaries. It, there, there's no family boundaries, there's no neighborhood boundaries, there's no school boundaries. Everyone is positively affected by their peers and by their teachers because they have support systems set in place. And so with that being said, Trustee Foreman, this has been so, so knowledgeable, so, so good. And I want to, I do want to dig a little bit deeper. You know how I am. I want to go a little bit deeper, if that's okay. Uh, with that being said, uh, Honorable Trustee Joyce Foreman, if the 2020 bun does pass, if it passes, where does the first development need to go? And where do they need to go now during the COVID-19 outbreak? Because, you know, we don't know 
if everything's going to get closed back down. We hope it doesn't. But there is a spike right now at this very moment. You know, if this bond does get passed, I believe it's November the 3rd, where does the money need to go first? I know you talked about capital improvement, but where does the money need to go first? That's my question. So, so um, you probably know um, that what you're voting on, on the A through E propositions, uh, none of it has to happen. The board can change any of it or all of it. And so um, that is one of the other issues with my concerns about this bond, because if five people want to vote to change it, it changes. Um, you ask about the emphasis, and I, I think I tried to be clear uh, that I think we start with neighborhood schools. I actually think because of COVID-19, there has to be a reassessment of all the schools, uh, 230 schools. There needs to be a reassessment. I don't believe that we start by putting a performance center downtown, which um, I love the performing arts too, by the way. Uh, but we have a lot of venues already in the city uh, that we could partner with. I don't think we start by spending $100 million for a school uh, downtown. You know, our schools downtown, like, um, um, oh, what is the city? city? I'm trying to think of the name of it. But, but they only have 200 and something kids in it. So we're not pulling a lot of uh, in our downtown schools. Uh, we don't start by spending 60-some million dollars to put a school close to UT Southwestern Medical School where you have a declining population. You actually start by uh, reassessing your neighborhood schools, figuring out which one needs the most, and then beginning to move forward with that. And coming up with a more comprehensive plan, uh, do you realize that to this date, we still don't have the completion of the plan for the 2015 bond? And there's been no comparison as to what the voters voted on and actually where the money was spent. So, we got to start with neighborhood schools, that's my opinion, if the bond passes. Start with neighborhood schools and then work our way out. Okay. I, I totally, I totally, I, I hear you. Uh, Trustee Foreman, every time, I, every time you speak, I hear so much passion. And I know a lot of people don't know your story. I know a lot of people want to hear your story. Because I, I don't really think you just have the passion that you have without a backstory. There has to be a story in the backdrop somewhere. Because the, the passion that you have for children and education doesn't fall off a tree. Doesn't come from a log. It, it's something that you had to go through. You went through it. You survived it. Not only did you survive it, but you was victorious in it. 
Now let me say this. From watching all of the board, what I do know is the work ethic, because you don't sit there for hours on end listening to people's complaints, addressing agenda items up until 2 o'clock in the morning. You don't have that type of commitment, that type of organization, that type of discipline without passion. And so I know you have been researching. I know you have been investigating. I know you have been digging through piles and piles and piles of paperwork trying to find a balance, trying to find justice and apply it in a, in a way that makes common sense to everyone so that everyone can see, hey, it's right here. It's, it's the music on the sheet of paper. Can we all play the same tune in the same key at the same time? I know that's what you want. I know that's what you want. But I know that there's a story to how you got to that point. Would you indulge us, the listening audience, and tell us or share with us your, your personal story? Well, um, most people who know me know that I grew up in Dallas. Um, I went to Julius C. Frazier Elementary School, John Henry Brown Middle School, and then, uh, of course, uh, uh, I'm a mighty tiger from Lincoln High School. Uh, I also went to El Centro and got my associate's degree, and then uh, on to Paul Quinn later and got my uh, bachelor's degree. Uh, I've always um, been a person who, whenever I took on something, um, I wanted to do my very best. That's been instilled in me probably since I was a child. And so through education, so many people, I mean, so many people uh, helped me along the way. And I know that through education, it is a door opener for children, uh, and particularly our children. It's a, it's a door opener. It's an equalizer. Uh, and so once I got out of high school and started working, and then finally in 1981, I started my own company, worked for myself, hired students from uh, DISD, by the way, uh, to work for me um, every year. Uh, which I was excited about that because they could see me, a product of DISD, uh, working for myself. So they had an opportunity to do that. And then at the same time, I was able to uh, work with business leaders uh, to be able to share with them uh, my story and what needed to happen to change things. And through that process, I've served on all those boards and committees. There's probably about 40 of them. Uh, but I was able to uh, try to make impact with them to change things. Simple things like um, the Chase Bank branch on Lancaster Road. I fought for that. 
um, to make sure that 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 opportunity was there. Uh, One of the things that I know is, is that during all of that, I was still involved with DISD, serving on their committees also, trying to make that significant difference because, again, education to me is the equalizer. You get your education, nobody can stop you. They can't tell you you can't do or you won't do. You can go forward with whatever it is that you want to do. And so working on the African-American Advisory Committee, the Superintendent's Advisory Committee, the Bond Committee, uh, almost any committee um, that I could get on in education to try to make sure uh, that I understood the workings of of Dallas ISD and of public education. Uh, And then having people like Kathleen Joy Gillum, Yvonne Newell, Thomas Jones, Hollis Bashir, other trustees that I had relationships with uh, to be able to help mold me and, and fix it so that I had a good understanding of some of the things. And then, of course, my real backstory is um, I, uh, I just don't believe in going to the table and not being prepared. And so um, being on the board for six years, uh, uh, my poor assistant has had to prepare a briefing binder for me for every briefing, board briefing that we've had. Uh, I spend sometimes two or three days going through that briefing binder so that when I do get to that table, I am ready with my questions. I am prepared to uh, have a dialogue with the administration about what I think is right and what I think is wrong. And through that process, gaining a relationship with the administration so that we can dialogue about those things and sometimes changing their mind about the, the route that they're taking because it doesn't benefit all children. So I have a deep passion for education. I have a deep passion for children, all children. I have a deep passion. They need us and we need them. We've got the history. They are our future. And we have to be prepared to try to move them uh, to the next generation. And I just, I mean, I love what I do. Honorable Trustee Corman, I just love that. I love what you said. And I, let me put in a shameless plug. Your assistant is a champion. She's a hero, by the way. <laughs> yes, she um, is. Yes, she is. I'm not going to mention her name. But yes, you are, <laughs> you are a fighter. You, you've... Ever since I met you, I'm going to tell you, that's the first thing, that's the first word that came to my mind. She's a fighter. But what would you tell, because there's actually children listening to the podcast, what would you tell a student of Dallas ASD, or, or any student for that matter, listening to this podcast, what would you tell them to help them become successful? 
uh, starting out with some, just some things that were told to me. And I'll start out with the very frank statement. Listen to your parents. Get an education. When I say get an education, that doesn't mean get a college education. Get an education. Find a vocation or an advocation that you want to be in, something that you like. Go forward and stay with it. It is not going to be easy. It's work. You know, one of the things that, yeah, I've got children and, you know, they don't always want to do the work. You got to do the work. It's not going to just come and sit there for you. You're going to have to do work. So I tell children, if you fall down, get up. If you fall down, get up again. Because at some point you'll find your sea legs and you'll be fine. That's what I would tell children. Wow. Well, you heard it first. <laughs> Listen, this has been another impactful night of the Impact of Education Leadership. This is episode 62. Our special guest tonight was the Honorable Trustee Joyce Foreman. Good night. Good night and take care. Welcome to the Impact of Educational Leadership Podcast with ID3 for Isaiah Drone III. This show was designed to provide an exclusive forum on educational achievement gaps related to learner success while discovering relationships and family issues in a diverse setting.